With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, off week. Heal up. Change something, maybe, for Nebraska. Then, at Michigan State, at Maryland, and Michigan. That's the stretch drive. Bill Landis will be all over it with a new affiliation. Bill with TheAthletic.com. How's that going, Bill, in your new gig? It's going well. It's a fun team to be a part of. Uh, Excited about what I've been able to do so far, so I'm really enjoying it. Uh, You are all split between basketball and football, of course. Let's start with football. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you heard the coordinators yesterday. I'm sure you're sensitive to and have heard all the hue and cry from Ohio State fans. Uh, I think it's interesting that Greg Schiano said yesterday that, yeah, we might have had our linebackers too close to the line of scrimmage this season, but guess what? We didn't do as much of that as Purdue, so fans got what they wanted, but maybe not when they wanted it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. His whole sort of uh, press conference, if you want to call it that, was interesting because it, it seemed like he wasn't really harping on the idea that, that the scheme was putting them in bad positions, and I, I would disagree with that. Um, I think it is true that, that they didn't have the linebackers up as much um, against Purdue as they did in previous games, but the times that they did, and it was a handful of times, especially on third down, they got really hurt doing it. So I don't know why they do it at all. I get, I get what the trade-off and why you would do it if you have players who are capable of doing it, but I think we have strong evidence through eight games that they don't have the personnel to do it. So I don't know why they, they continue to do it. And if they're going to line up in this look on third down where everyone's up on the line, and teams are just going to run the ball on them on third and ten and get a first down. It's happened in the last two games, and I think that can't happen. So um, I'll be curious to see how much they do it at all moving forward. I think we'll still see it from time to time on third down, um, but but they have to get away from it. I think they know that by now. It just took them eight games to realize it. So many people have compared the Iowa loss last year and the Purdue loss this year. The comparison that I would make is, to me, the Iowa loss kind of came out of nowhere. The Purdue loss... I'm, uh, nobody predicts a 29-point Ohio State loss to Purdue, but Purdue was like all the issues we already thought might be problems kind of converging and coming home to roost at once. Do you have a, a different comparison of the two, or is there are they more similar than different in your eyes? No, I, I think they're different as well. Um, I, I, I agree with you. The Iowa loss came out of nowhere. Um, I, I think some people thought that Iowa was an emotional letdown. I don't know if I feel quite that way um, because they just got outplayed and out executed in that game too. But, but you, you saw, if not a loss, something like this coming for, for the Ohio State, the way they were playing this year. And Purdue had been playing really well. Also, it was a, it was a night game at a kind of a funky place to play. The, the wind was maybe a little bit of a factor. Like There were a lot of things going on that, that led you to believe that it could at least be a close game. And I'm not surprised that they lost. I'm surprised how they lost and by how much they lost. But um, Ohio State dropping a game. Teams lose, it happens, but yeah. Ohio State dropping that game was not ultimately surprising to me. What does it say that three years in a row Urban Myers had a team that's lost to an unranked team? Now, Penn State's an aberration. They were a good team that just started to build from that upset of Ohio State. But certainly, I mean, there's another stat out there that I saw this week, and I think I saw it on The Athletic, which was uh, only two coaches in the last like 50 years have lost twice by 20 or more to an unranked team, Woody Hayes and Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, I saw that stat too. I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I think it says a lot about the coaching staff that he's assembled. 
the talent is ta- like they, they the way they recruit has not changed. I think they're a talented team, or maybe not quite as talented as they've been in some years in the past, but but still still have the, the pieces to to be a, a playoff contender, in my opinion. Um, I just think there's some deficiencies in the coaching staff up as if specific positions um, that have hurt them the last two years, and and maybe like the staff as a in totality has not done a great job of keeping the players prepared week in and week out. And you see some letdowns against these teams. Like I, I, th- I know some people are trying to say, um, use it as an indictment on the program and how it's trending in the wrong direction. And, and the urban has lost it a little bit. I'm not quite there yet. Um, I think they just had two bad games in back to back years and, and they got it figured out last year after this. And I think they'll get it figured out this year after, after a loss. Um, the Michigan game scared would scare me a little bit, but with Nebraska and Maryland coming up, and even Michigan State, who I don't think is very good, I, I think they can get things figured out for Michigan. Um, so I think they'll be okay. I just, I just think this, this coaching staff needs tweaked, and it's not going to happen as we're turning to November. So it's not going to happen until the offseason, but I think that's a big factor in this. Bill Landis is our guest. He covers Ohio State for TheAthletic.com, a great pay site. It's 3 bucks a month. You get national coverage, great local coverage, all the teams you care about, a lot of writers you know, Bill, Jason Lloyd, Ari Wasserman, Aaron Portsline. Uh, Bill's Twitter is at BillLandis25. All right, uh, since you brought up coaching staff deficiencies, um, I'll ask you to identify the coaches you're talking about. Well, I think the one that everyone points to is, is linebackers coach Bill Davis. Um, I just don't think he's done a good job. Um, my buddy Ari Wasserman talked to him last week, and, and I think it was last week, maybe it was week yes. before. Bill Davis, Bill Davis would disagree with that. He says he thinks he's done a good job. He's doing a better job this year than he did last year. Um, I would strongly disagree with that. Uh, I just I think his position group has underperformed for two years. He has talented players who aren't playing well, and I think that goes on the coach. Um, I think there's there's fair questions about Greg Schiano. Um, he's he is a good coach. I think I think he's still probably overqualified for the position that he's in, but he, I don't think he's done a good job this year with this team of of matching his scheme to the personnel. Um, so I think it's fair to question him. And then the offensive line I think has has not has not been good this year, um, was okay last year, and, and Greg Stoudrawa, I think, I think should be getting some questions, too, about, about how he's preparing that group, and Kevin Wilson's included in that, too. Like, I'm not saying they need to can the whole staff, but but the the guys who are coaching the linebackers and the offensive line and, and probably the safeties, too, like, you know, have to, have to take a hard look at what they're doing and figure out whether or not they're putting these guys in the best place and preparing them the right way, because there's are three position groups that aren't playing well right now, and it's really hurting them. Yeah, so how do you feel about their ability to recover from this? We talked about Iowa last year, Bill, being an aberration, so running the table from there on out didn't surprise me. Um, I don't feel like there's a game out there that I believe they're a, even an underdog in, let alone a decided underdog until they get to a playoff berth. But I just feel like uh, I don't know how comfortable I'd be saying that this team wins all the rest of its games and gets into the playoff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not as comfortable in that this year as I was last year. Um, I I think they are. And it's, it'll sound like an excuse. I think they are young at some spots. Um, they're also they're just not as talented as they as, as they like. They, they're still good, but like if someone mentioned to me the other day, like I believe in Greg Shiano because of how good his 2016 defense was. What that 2016 defense had like nine draft picks on it, and like yeah. six of them were in the first yeah. round. Um, I just don't think they have that right now. Maybe these guys can become that, but in this particular season, they're not that. So I don't know how much better the defense can get. I think they can try to shore some things up and not quite be as leaky, but I think it's just going to be a defense you can move the ball against. Um, And that's okay. I think you can get by doing that as long as you're not giving up 40-yard runs every five plays. Um, 
And the, the offense, I don't know. I, I think the, the offense needs some help on the offensive line, and they're not really healthy there. Like, I think Brandon Bowen, if he was healthy, could help him. Um, I'd be interested to see if Brady Taylor was healthy, if they put him at center and move Michael Jordan back to guard. Um, but those two guys, Taylor and Bowen, just aren't ready quite yet. Ryan Day said they're going to practice this week, but he didn't outright say, like, oh, yeah, they'll be ready for Nebraska. So they have some time before then, and if they're healthy, I think that can help and get some run game going. And if they get some run game going, I think the offense is fine. It's just that teams know right now they can't run the ball, so it's hard for Ohio State to score. But if they can get anything going running the ball, we know they can pass the ball well enough. Um, so I'm not as concerned about the offense as I am about the defense. Bill Landis is our guest. He covers the Buckeyes for TheAthletic.com. Follow Bill on Twitter at BillLandis25. I'm going to give you three things that I think have played into this situation with this team, the vulnerabilities and the loss at Purdue. I want you to tell me whether you think these three issues are significant uh, or maybe overblown. One is Urban Meyer's preseason suspension that went into the season. Number two, Nick Bosa injury and leaving the team. And number three, this coaching staff on the offensive side having to coach a system that is different, the lack of a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, I think the most significant one is number three. Um, I think they are still we're eight games into this, and they still – Maybe they know how to live in a world without a running quarterback. Like Kevin Wilson has had it before. Ryan Day has had offenses like that before. Urban Meyer has not really. I know he had Cardell, um, but the year that Cardell was a starter, he, by the middle of the year, switched to the running quarterback. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's the most significant thing. They just can't figure out how to get a run game going without a running quarterback. And it's weird because I think they have the plays. I think we've seen enough to know that they have the plays. They're just not, for whatever reason, they're not executing them. Um, I don't think they're calling things all that great. It seems like there's times where they can run that they're throwing and times that they're throwing that they should run. Um, so that that's number one on my list of, of the things you presented by a, by a fairly wide margin. Nick Bosa not playing is obviously huge. Um, I, I don't think him leaving has had an impact, but him just not being on the field. He's the best defensive player in college football. He might be the best player in college football. That obviously makes a difference for the defense. Um, and then Urban missing some of camp and the stuff that happened in August. I think is a small part of it, but I, I wouldn't say it's significant. I think maybe he'd have a little bit better of a handle on this offense in particular had he been around in August. Um, but it's not like he didn't know in March what this offense was going to look like. So um, I think maybe this would have, they would have had these kind of struggles even if he were around for all of training camp. So I, I think it matters, but, but not nearly as much as just general discomfort with not having a running quarterback. Bill Landis of The Athletic is our guest. You getting questions from fans and media types about Urban's health and Urban's future? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm getting questions. I'm seeing a lot of it. Uh, I think It's, it's difficult because I, I don't like to speculate about it, but he's been here. This is his seventh year, and we've not gotten these questions before this year. He's lost games before. He's lost games big before. Uh so I'm trying to figure out, like, why now? Is, is is his sideline demeanor to you so much different than it's been before? He's always been a nervous Nelly, legs far apart, hands on knees, oh my goodness, the world's coming to an end. He's always been like that at times. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't. I have not seen anything from him on the sideline. Aside from him was dropping down to a knee, I guess it was against Indiana because of a headache. Like, that's different, but... 
his like histrionics on the sideline are not are not any different than they've been the entire time he's been here. He's always been that guy. He was a guy when he was at Florida, and I'm sure he was that way at Bowling Green in Utah. He's just emotional on the sideline, and and he looks bad emotionally when his team is losing and not playing well. So I don't know why people are trying to grab onto that and, and draw a line to him losing it or being done. Um, the headache stuff I think is interesting or, or, or something to keep in mind. Right. He's had a history of it. Um, at the moment, I'm not on alert for that being something that, that ends his tenure here after a year, but but it's something clearly he's dealing with. Um, I talked with Gene Smith yesterday. We talked about that a little bit. He said um, he's not super concerned about it at the moment. Um, they have people who work at the medical center on campus who, who Urban uh, works with on these things. He takes medicine for it. So it's just like a thing they're trying to manage for now. Um, and I don't think like I don't think it's going to be something that that becomes the end of Urban Meyer at Ohio State. But I think you'd be naive to to just completely dismiss it. But the stuff on the sidelines, I think, is nothing. It's just like who Urban Meyer is. He acts that way on the sidelines. Final question for Bill Landis. Follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Landis twenty five. He's with the Athletic. Uh, how significant to you is it that this kid from uh, the Toledo area, Zeb Jackson, a point guard, a four star point guard, uh, has said he's going to Michigan and not to Ohio State? Uh, not that significant, to be honest. I think he's a good player. I think he fits really well with, with what Michigan does. And I honestly don't know how well he'd fit with what Ohio State does. Um, I think he's much more of an offensive player. And um, I don't know, Chris Holman preaches defense a lot, and I don't know how well Zeb would fit with that. Um, but he's good. Like, he's, he's good. People threw out, like, Trey Burke when, when that happened. He's ranked higher than, than, than Trey Burke was, I believe. Um, so it's a good fit for Michigan. It's it's a loss for Ohio State, but but they don't need necessarily a guard in that class just yet. I think there's other positions that are priorities for them, so I think they'll be okay. Um, have you had a chance to ask Chris Holtman yet whether he has any fear that DJ Carton, EJ Liddell, or Alonzo Gaffney's heads will be turned by the $125,000 offer from the G League? I have not. We haven't talked with Chris uh, since that happened. Uh, I believe we're getting some assistant coaches today, and I think they'll be interested to ask those guys. Um, and then I think we might get Chris next week, so I'm sure that'll come up. All right, Bill, great job. Always good to have you. Congrats on the move to the Athletic. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. There you it. go. Bill Landis, 25. First guest ever to be on in two different hours. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.